how do we start this? I don't have any accents. Welcome to Predators. <laughs> Yo, I'm not doing the intro. Well, then why did you start doing it? <laughs> I don't try to, try to give you prompts, man. Try to get you started. Just, Yo. I'm keeping this. This is in the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I so, oh, what's up, listeners? Welcome <laughs> to Predator vs. Movies. I'm Alex. I'm Peter. I'm Aiden. And this is a podcast where we discuss and review the latest movie releases. We're going to start off with a non-spoiler review before diving into a deep discussion of the film. Then we're going to ask the most important question. Would this movie be better if the alien from Predator was in it? This week, we're going to be reviewing Dungeons & Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. Uh, before we get into it, we have... Uh, not news, but we're gonna react to some stuff that's been happening on the internet. Reaction so, time. Uh, Aiden, do you have a sound effect for that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're in the the eighties with like a modem. <laughs> we're young. We don't know what that is. Anyways, um, so there's been some reactions to the Mario movie. Like, it's discourse, and it's very funny to me. Uh, so we just want to talk about it a bit. Basically, some people have decided to like, like fall on their swords for this movie, for the <laughs> Mario movie, and they're just like needlessly defending it. And their yeah. their their common complaints are, "What? It, what? Did you think it was gonna be good? <laughs> Did you think it was gonna be yeah. a deep Pixar movie? You fucking idiot!" And then like we're like, "No, we didn't. Like I don't know. Like could it have been yeah. good?" And they're like, "But it is good." So <laughs> yeah. just constantly like like contradicting themselves it's i find it so funny yeah it's really funny to be like like i've seen so many tweets where it's like mario movie enjoyers like it's not supposed to be good and then critics say yeah it's not good and they're like okay what the fuck (laughs) 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 but also the other thing Mm -hmm. the other tweet i saw that was good about the pixar thing was that like Pixar movies aren't necessarily super deep either. It's just clear that there are, like, people who care about it behind it. Yeah, Yeah, and, like, stories that actually flow and make sense. Yeah. (laughs) It's just a little more, like, effort put into it, I think, you know? Yeah. Also on Twitter, there's this thing trending about a Mario cinematic universe. Oh, yeah. It's, like, a whole timeline now. It's, like, make it happen, Nintendo. And, like, honestly, I think they probably would do it. They probably like would. The, the movie's already half a bill, uh, globe, I think, what, one week? Two weeks? How long has it no, been? No, it's, it's, it's one week. It's been one week. It's very yeah. sad to be. $500 million yeah. globally. And actually, I, I was listening to someone else talk about the movie, and their take was that the reason why <laughs> the movie's, like, kind of weird and the comedy is kind of lame and doesn't work is because they're probably trying to make it as universal as possible so that it sells in sure. every other country in the world. In every market, yeah. Because comedy doesn't translate well most of the time, so you have to rely on, like, some really basic humor that kind of, like, everyone can latch on to. Yeah, really... things that are, like, a, that are like easily... that are well-established in, like, exactly. the canon of comedy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Dude, so that I... that makes sense, actually. Because there's yeah. a lot of physical humor in the, uh, in the movie. Like the mm, dog, there is, yeah. you know, the, uh... <laughs> yeah, maybe that's I the point of the dog example. <laughs> I don't know. It's, yeah, it's a bad movie though. And people should not like it, but yeah, yeah this is true. where we are. I will, I will remember Jack Black saying for a while. I know that <laughs> Great. if I won't remember anything else in the movie, his singing will stick with me for a bit. 
That's that's uh yeah, I believe that. Uh we've got uh some trailers though we can get into. <laughs> Thank you. Um let's start off with um I don't know, let's start with the Marvels, why not? So we sure. got a first trailer for the new the Captain Marvel sequel called The Marvels. Um I think it looks really fun. It's uh it's gonna combine all those Marvel guys. <laughs> it's got, uh, Captain Marvel, uh, Monica Rambeau, and Ms. Marvel. Um, and the the kind of plot uh, mechanic is that every time they use their powers, they switch like physical locations. So they kind of like, if Captain Marvel was out in space, then somebody else is where she was. Um, I, I knew that this was what it was going to be for a while. And I mean, Ms. Marvel teased that that was what was going to happen. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I, I thought it wasn't going to work, but then I watched the trailer and I was like, oh, this is actually really fun and interesting. Yeah, they should get into some fun hijinks with that concept. Yeah. I don't know. I think the trailer looks... I'm also... I'm still very skeptical. Like, every, yeah. just everything Same. Marvel puts out of more is just the, like... Uh, uh, it's the Marvel cycle of misery. It's like... Yeah. <laughs> teaser comes out. You're like, oh shit, it's so exciting. And then, and then as you get closer and closer to the movie, you're like, okay, this looks less good, but I'm still hyped. But then when you see the movie, you're like, oh, what are we seeing? <laughs> but I don't know. Anyways, I feel like this this feels different than Ant Man, and this feels different than yeah. I guess Thor. I never thought Ant Man looked good, and I never thought Thor necessarily looked good either. So like yeah, right? I, like I you watch that for Ant Man for a bit. I watched those first trailers and I was like, "Oh, this is so exciting!" And then if you keep rewatching them, it's like, I don't know, like that doesn't really look that, good. <laughs> like just visually. But yeah. I've seen this a second time now, and I do think mm. it actually like looks pretty good. Even like just visually, it looks like they're using a lot of real sets. Um, I think they're getting more time to work on the CG as well. But I'm honestly most interested in the performances. Like I think. I, I really like Iman Villani. I think her performance yeah. looks Canadian. maybe she is Canadian. <laughs> yeah. I think that might be the highlight for me, honestly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like for the Captain Marvel sequel, Wait, funny enough. But uh, has uh, has Monica Rambeau and Captain Marvel met? Yeah, not not in their current ages right. though. She met her as a kid, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, right, yeah. Right, right. I forgot so this will be the long-awaited reunion where right. she's probably going to feel abandoned, I think. Because she was, that was in WandaVision, right? Yeah, she I'm was in sure. WandaVision. Yeah. yeah. Um, WandaVision anyways. is how she transformed, right? Yes. That's the yeah. first yeah. time we're seeing... Yeah, okay. Yeah. Bro, it's been a while. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> WandaVision it's was almost like, uh, you... years ago. When you put out 20 million projects a year, they feel yeah. they yeah. all blend together and you forget what happens. Yeah, yeah, shocking. Um, but yeah, that was a fun trailer. Uh, speaking of uh, superheroes, I guess, uh, there's yep. a, a sort of trailer slash behind-the-scenes look, I think, at uh, yeah. The Penguin, um, the spinoff of the Matt Reeves' The Batman, starring uh, Colin Farrell. And uh, yeah... It looks like it'll be good. That yeah. is my kind of TV show. Because I think one thing that I really enjoy about the uh, the Penguin trailer was Batman sort of established this universe, uh, the city, and then Penguin's, uh, the, the Penguin shows 
able to use this TV show as a medium to sort of really explore one part of the city, which is like, you know, what happened when Falcone is gone and who will be, who will be taking over that power vacuum that he's left yeah. behind. And Penguin's so focused on that. And I heard Robert Pattinson might make cameo appearances too, which is really cool yeah. to, to, to see how they're still keeping it connected to the Batman. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. I think that's what TV shows should be. It should be like something that you don't have time to or that you think less people will be interested in exploring in big blockbuster movies, but that are still sort of this unique part of the world that you want to explore. I think yeah, that I, is I, 10 out of 10. I, I was also just going to say I really like that it's posing the question like, is he going to penguin or peng lose? no no soundboard um no i think it'll i think it looks good it does look like just like what gotham was i don't know if you guys watched that tv show but i, did. I watched gotham i watched the whole thing <laughs> and it looks really i watched the whole thing i got to the end um because i mean it you had to watch the boy become a weird-looking Batman. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I, was like, I have to see that. Um, yeah, he was low budget, um, but it, it, I think it's gonna be the same show. But I think it'll be a lot better for sure. Um, another. I didn't show, mind Gotham. Gotham was okay. It was fun. There was yeah. there was aspects, but it was definitely like a cable show. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah. like in like the bad ways, but it was fun. Yeah, but it was fun. Um, True. Another yeah, show. At a, sorry, just one quick comment. Uh, I think <laughs> no, we're at a ahead. point where, where um, I think I enjoy limited series a lot more than uh, actual like seasonal shows. I think limited yeah. series like you only get one season, just do your story, you know, get it done, finish, and then we move on, right? So, not even Mandalorian was a limited series. <laughs> I I like limited series too, but I think just shows that kind of treat each season like a limited series or in yeah, the sense that I agree, I agree. cable shows I agree. Yeah. cable shows used to be 22 episodes which is just like so much and i think yeah. when you kind of like restrict that time period and lengthen each episode it just yeah. it's just so much better so it's tighter yeah for you sure. disagree i completely disagree i i don't think that really matters i think like there are so many examples of great shows that took the 22 episode formula and like did great things with it like to be fair like the 22 episodes like that was generally generally that was like the 20 minute like the third the half hour time slot shows that did that and so like if you have a good enough concept that can be fleshed out and is replicable enough for season after season of it then you can still do it well like look at like any sitcom you know what i mean like the sitcoms aren't now bad you know what i mean like and also, like, uh, I think, like, the case of The Mandalorian is another good example where it's, like, if they just took that show in a slightly different direction, they could make ten seasons of that. Because they uh, could yeah, just have, they could yeah. have Mandalorian just go to different places. And I don't think each season would even need to be a story. It could just be him doing things. Like, I, it's such, it's a good replicable concept. I don't think The Mandalorian is bad because it's not a limited series. I think it's bad because the people at the helm are not right. doing their jobs well. Um, <laughs> but... I, I like I just meant like for me personally, I just tend to prefer the the ones that are more like limited series. Even so like even like the White Lotus, right? Like that's something sure. that kind of was a limited series and then just got a second season. But 
Anyways, uh, speaking of other shows, like, almost. <laughs> for... <laughs> Yo, yeah, but the, the, why got you? <laughs> why Lotus got a new cast, right? Yes, it like, did. I think only it's an anthology. Aub- it's an yeah, anthology, isn't yeah. it? It's like Aubrey Plaza stayed, and then no one else did, right? Well, she wasn't no. in the first season. Oh, she wasn't in the first. Season. Season. No, it was yeah. Jennifer Coolidge who stayed yeah. between seasons. Anyways, uh, speaking yeah, of series four, Max, <laughs> just Max, yeah. just Max, the HBO. It's cleaner. Yeah. I saw. I saw the clip from yeah, the from the um, social, social network. network. Social yeah. Network. yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Drop the HBO, it's worse. <laughs> um, there's a Park Chan Wook is going to be doing a series. He's the director of classics such as Old Boy, Decision to Leave, um, crazy awesome films from that guy. Yeah. And it's about a Vietnam spy, I think. Mm-hmm. And he's I come so. to a and he's come to America and he's being a spy and stuff. And Robert Downey Jr. is in there four times. <laughs> There's yeah. four different characters he's playing. This looks really fun. And I love, I really like Park Chan-wook right now. And so I'm I'm very interested as to what that is going to be. Yeah, I honestly, I feel like I didn't really need to watch the trailer. Like, just based off of, like, like coming off a decision to leave. Like, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll watch it. Exactly. Like, yeah, you got me. Dude, I'm, I'm on the same boat. Like, just by watching the trailer itself, you're like, okay, I'm somewhat impressed. But then when you hear that it's by the same guy who did Decision to Leave, like, you know the guy can do a good mystery, good, like, thriller-type film. So, you know, in, in Park We Trust. <laughs> yeah. Park We Trust, yeah. No, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's funny, like, when we talk about Park Chan-wook, who's, like, a really renowned filmmaker, and all yeah. of us, our only reference point for him is the most <laughs> recent movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah, Decision to Leave was really That's good. That's all I've seen. But it was yeah. really good, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, other things that had trailers. Uh, there's a movie called Sanctuary. Uh, it stars Margaret Qualley and Christopher Abbott. I don't know who made it. I'm looking that up now. But it's like um, a... I think it's a movie. Wait, let me check, actually. It's a movie, I think. Yeah, it's a movie. Uh, okay, so it's by a guy named Zachary Wigan, who I do nice. not know. Nice, yeah. Um, but it's like a looks like an erotic thriller, basically, which we don't get enough of these days. But um, she, Margaret Qualley, is a dominatrix, and Christopher Abbott is um, like a CEO, and she decides that she deserves uh, like half of his earnings because of like he got a job because he was more confident thanks to their time together, and then she starts like messing with him. She says that she has like a camera recording all of this and she'll leak it to the press if he doesn't do it. Like, basically blackmailing him. Um, I am, like, so interested in this. It looks really good. <laughs> um, the, the camera work, like, there was some of those, like... Yeah, sure. Yeah. The Dutch angle stuff. I was like, man, I like this. And I like Crystal Rabbit a lot, so... What did you guys think about this one? I just thought it's interesting because from the trailer, it looks like it's all going to take place in, like, one apartment or like one hotel room. That's is very that right? possible. Yeah. Like I, it I looks like it's yeah. 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 So yeah, I just I like I always find these type of movies very exciting because because you can't really make the movie exciting by switching the environment. You have to make the movie exciting by making things happen within the environment and characters doing stuff. So I think uh, you know that requires a lot of work from the director to make it interesting. And the yeah, like that, the whale. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, <laughs> we're always okay. <laughs> but hey, um, you know, I, 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 I'll, I, it's a wait and see on this one for me, but it, it looks interesting for sure. Yeah, I think I agree too. The thing, like, I'm just generally not a trailer guy. Like, I honestly think if if I didn't okay. do the pod, I would never watch trailers. Like, I oh, wow. I kind of prefer to not watch them for the most part. And I think like, yeah, like I don't know, I'll go see it. <laughs> Dude, aren't you aren't you the manager of the trailer park though? Yeah, he's the manager. Uh, don't even don't open that can of worms. Don't even <laughs> we, get start. We're like, right now. <laughs> well, there's more for the trailer park segment. Yeah, don't Aiden even. Is, like, Aiden is the so manager. So many people are not paying their fees. And then, <laughs> and there's like that fucking loud ass motorbike. Don't guys going around. Oh is it a gang? They're driving. Gang of- it's every week. Every week they drive on in, and they're like, "We're going to the trailer park," and then they start like talking about movies or some shit. It's so they're, like annoying. firing their guns in the air yeah. on their ATVs. Oh, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, there was a trailer that Aiden did like, and yes, this so- is a good segue. Um, and it, so- do you want to introduce it? I'll let you introduce. Yeah, so this I'm really excited for because it's a movie, uh, it's a horror movie that's coming out, distributed by A24, that's by the guys that I don't know the names of, but they were behind the YouTube channel known as The Racka Racka, which I used to watch in, like, middle school. They used to make, like, these, like, absurd, like, hyper-violent action videos. Like, they had an ongoing series where Ronald McDonald would basically just get mad and, like, kill a bunch of people, and it would be, like, super graphic. Middle school? Yeah, me and my friends right. used to like That's quote it. Right. Me my friends used to like quote their videos constantly. Like we would oh, do the boy. Ronald McDonald voice that they did. And so I'm really excited about this. I think uh like they're clearly very creative, like just from the videos I've seen. And uh yeah, I I I'm definitely gonna go see this. I don't have the same uh backstory as you do, but like like it looks really good. I've heard good things about it. It's played at uh, some festivals and stuff, and um, it's basically like like a, a monkey's paw, and like if you shake mm-hmm. the hand, it'll do like some devilly shit. And like I'm, I don't like horror films a lot of the time, and I really don't like like the supernatural kind because that will scare me. But this mm-hmm. is one that I might be willing to like sacrifice myself for because it looks so good. The yep. filmmaking looks really good, and it's. I'm I'm very excited for this. Peter, did you watch the trailer for this? I did. Did you do it with your eyes open? Yeah. You... Okay, what did you think? You don't like horror I movies. No, I have no feelings. Towards no feelings? Movies. Not yeah. even negative? I was like... Because, like, honestly, um, I think my thing with horror movies is like, okay, like, what's the point? <laughs> what's Why the does this point? have to happen? Damn. <laughs> That's sad. You guys are crazy. That's sad for you. <laughs> okay, well, thanks, Peter. Uh, last <laughs> trailer we have is uh, The Last Voyage of the Demeter. Basically, it is uh, a Dracula thing. Um, it's basically, like, in the... in the. I think it's from the original novel. There's, like, one chapter I heard where he crosses the ocean from his home in, like, wherever and going to mm. London... And they decided, like, what if we made a movie on the one chapter where he's on the boat? And and it, it's also in Nosferatu, which is the yeah. one reference point that I have. But 
I think, like, for what it's going to be, like, it's just going to be, like, kind of like a slasher, but vampire action yeah. kind of movie, like, for what it is. But I think it looks fun. I think it looks like it could be interesting. I think it looks fun, is... too. And I don't, I don't mind the concept, like, of, like like filling in a, like an ellipsis or whatever like with yeah. the story like like that's not a bad idea and i think yeah i mean this is the kind of movie that i go see all the time so i definitely will go see this like i <laughs> this is the thing i love to go see but um yeah save my question is will like will this be like sort of like heroes defeating him at the end but is he has to make it to london right <laughs> they're not necessarily shackled by yeah. Story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True, true, true. I have a good feeling that the heroes will prevail. It seems like one of those movies. I don't think this is a, a sad ending movie, but I could be wrong. Maybe this is the origin story for Twilight. Mm. Yeah. yeah, maybe. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, Aiden, I think we watched a movie this week. We sure did. We watched a movie known as Dungeons and Dragons. Honor um, Among Thieves. Um... <laughs> Is directed by Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly, who were in Freaks and Geeks. Uh, it's screenplay. Oh, really? oh. Yeah, they're the kids. They're the they're the ge- uh, geeks. They're two of them. <laughs> they're the freaks <laughs> and the geeks. They're both. Yeah. They're all characters. Um, yeah. Uh, screenplay. Oh, okay. Screenplay by Jonathan Goldstein, and John Francis Daly, and uh, Michael Gilio. Uh, story by Chris McCain, Michael Gilio. Uh, Starring Chris Pine, Michelle Rodriguez, Reggae Jean Page, Justice Smith, Sophia Lillis, uh, Hugh Grant. The DOP is Barry Peterson. Runtime is two hours, 14 minutes. Budget is $150 million. Thank you, Aiden. Chris McKay, you might recognize as um, the director of both Renfield and the Lego oh, really? Batman movie. Yeah. Um, oh. He hasn't done a lot of writing. This is, like I think, maybe his first writing thing. At least Wikipedia seems to believe so um interesting but he didn't he didn't do the screenplay he just did like story like he just did story apparently yeah Yeah. um anyways we have a little game we play uh there's a it's called predacritic there's a website called metacritic and critic scores of the movies are average out of 100 um if it's 60 or above it's green if it's 80 or above it's must see if it's like 60 to like 45 it's yellow and if it's below that it's red we are going to guess where uh, this movie doth land, and the mm. first person to guess is. Uh, oh no, it's me. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. Not me. <laughs> um, please stop. I'm getting so many messages from fucking Discord. Um, okay. So popular. We're all gonna have different takes on this movie, but I don't think this was that good. It's like better than most kind of like ip movies these days but not that good so i'm firmly believing that it will be in the 60s they might go kinder on this one i'm feeling 63 that's where i'll go i feel 63 um i don't feel 63 um I'm not that old. Peter's going next. Oh, yes. Um, okay, I really like this film. Sorry. We're not in the non-spoiler reaction yet. Um, 
I think it's a great movie. Um, 70 something, probably 75, 73. Mm. Um, I'll go, I'll go 75. I think it's pretty good. Okay. I am going to split you guys down the middle, not just cause I'm playing the game, but also cause I just genuinely think it will fall in that range. Uh, so I will go, I'm feeling like, a am feeling 69, 69. 69. Peter, what did you say again? 75. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> 69, 60, 69 and 75. Is it between those? 69. Nice. Nice, Aiden. Big, That's the number. Great, great number. I think we have a tie. I think you tied. It's 72. Which uh, I don't. We've never had this happen before. Those Rock are both three apart. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we got to figure out a tiebreaker. How do we want to do this? Uh, we have to guess something else. You ready? Uh, uh, get, wait, do you know the Rotten Tomatoes score, Peter? No. Do you know it? Okay, uh, I don't know it either. Idea. Let's guess that. Let's guess that. Rotten Tomatoes. Bro, we can just rock, paper, scissors. No, that's Rotten Tomatoes. That's the dumbest that's possible not, thing. It's an I audio podcast. <laughs> 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 okay. You're going to guess what the critics score of Rotten Tomatoes is. Okay. I um, am... I went I'm last so I can first. go first. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can yeah, go first. Fine. Okay, okay. Um I'm gonna go for Rotten Tomatoes, I'm gonna go eighty. Okay. So you went up by eleven points. I should also went up I should also go up. Those are not even close uh, to the same metric I will say. Like yeah, the they're way very, they Rotten Tomatoes is so different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Rotten but Aiden, is always, Aiden almost guessed always be 69, and then he went up to 80. So, because I, I have no idea what Rotten Tomato score is, oh, so sure, I'll also yeah. go up by 11 points. Uh, oh, okay. I don't think 86, 86. Okay. okay. Uh, Peter wins. Uh, oh, it's shit. the yeah the the score is 90 on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, really? Oh. 90 for critics. Yeah. But to be clear, dungeon like not yeah. dungeons. Rotten Tomatoes is. Like the percentage of people who liked the movie, yeah, who gave so, it above like sixty or something. Yeah, yeah. so it's yeah. not like saying that it's a like a nine out of ten movie. That's not what it's saying. It's saying like nine out of ten people enjoyed this movie, which yeah. is a different metric than we're used to. But seventy-two yeah. on on Metacritic is to me crazy. I think that's. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, too it's, high. A, it's a bit high for me, but we'll. That's. I don't know. What do you guys think? That's right around where I'd put that. Maybe a bit lower. I don't know. Right around there. Peter. Oh, I I agree with the score. Of course you do. I think, <laughs> think this will be a good uh, episode where he have very different opinions on this movie. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think we're at that point where we're gonna do our non-spoiler reaction. So Peter, as the winner. Yeah. You get to go first. You get to tell us oh what you God. thought about this movie. It's been a while, guys. I'm going first. Okay. Yay, uh, good job. And uh, for the movie that, like, you love, so... Yeah, this is, this okay. I enjoy this movie. So, I do play Dungeons & Dragons on the side, but I'm not, like, a veteran player by any means, and, like, I've had, like, ten sessions so far, maybe less. Um... So I do know some of the things that they're referring to. I'm very happy that the references that they're throwing towards the Dungeons & Dragons tabletop games did not overshadow the movie in any ways. Like, you can 
enjoy the movie as just a regular moviegoer, no problem at all. It's just you will pick up some really neat little references here and there in the dialogues when people talk. Uh, I think it's just a really well done fantasy movie. Like you have characters that are super charismatic. Uh, you root for them. You cheer for them. Uh, you feel for them. And they're actually characters with emotional arcs uh, and character developments throughout the story, which I also think it's just something that a lot of blockbusters nowadays are missing. You have characters that are very stale. Um, and just a really fun time. I, I think the movie is really funny. And uh, I was talking to Alex about it, and uh, he compared the movie to Guardians of the Galaxy, which I thought was super accurate. It's really just like a medieval, this sort of band of misfit heroes, you know, banded together going on an adventure. And the movie cinematography is surprisingly good. Like, it actually goes really hard sometimes. And uh, I thought it was just a very neat addition on top of an already excellent movie. I give it a 4 out of 5, and I recommend everyone to go see this. It's a very good time in the theater. Cool. cool. Okay, Aiden, what did you think about this movie? So I do have to, before I really start talking about it, I do have to reveal a fact, which is that I was quite tired coming into the movie theater and did fall asleep midway through. Not because <laughs> of the call, not because of the quality of the movie, but there's probably about ten minutes where I was asleep. I, I think it was around there. <laughs> so, and then when I woke up, I was a little groggy. So this is not, I'm not going to be at my peak performance here. <laughs> but, I'll, but I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you what I thought. Um, yeah, I thought this was fun. I thought that there was, there was some awkward directing moments. And there were some parts where I thought that, um, like the way the characters are acting is weird. And just kind of inconsistent in times. Uh, but I really like that a lot of movies that have, like, magic in them wind up doing, like, really lame things. Like, they don't really utilize the magic in, like, a fun and creative way. But this movie actually, like, has multiple sequences where it's like, oh, that's fun. It's cool that they would do that with this thing. Um, and I, I do really appreciate that this is a movie that, while it doesn't work for me super well, it's clearly that, like, people that wanted to try new things and exper and mess around and have fun and, like, they cared about this, made this. Like, I think that this is probably... I haven't reviewed it, rated on Letterboxd yet. This is probably either three or three and a half stars for me. Um, but one of those. But it's, like, the best kind of that because it's just like that because some things work for me and some things don't work for me instead of it just being, like, a bleh whatever. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I really do think people could get a lot out of this. I, I did have fun watching it. My sleepiness was not due to the movie. I was just very tired. Um, but yeah, uh, that's my score. Cool. Um, okay. My turn. I actually have a similar story. Like I was really tired going into the theater as well, yeah. but not because it was late or anything. It was because I... This is just some fun personal news. I got a skateboard for Christmas, and I was like, oh, nice. I'm going to skate to the theater. Um, bad idea. It's a bit far for me. And <laughs> it was windy, and it was cold. And when I got there, I was, like, drenched in sweat. And I was like, yeah. this is gross. I feel gross. And I'm, I'm like, sidewalks ex too. I'm exhausted. Oh, they're terrible. Yes, and there's so much yeah. sand. Back. That's my question. No. I, I was like, <laughs> it's just too far for like a, a beginner so anyways 
I do enjoy it though. I'll I'll get into it more, but uh, not on this podcast. Um, the movie though. Okay, so this is like there's there's a particular kind of movie that is this, and I like I'll try to think of some uh, analogs or like some similar films. Like the ones that come to mind are like the Fast and Furious movies, the Jurassic Park movies, like the the kind of films that give off the same corporate IP energy now and like this is very similar to Marvel movies as well but Marvel movies have a very distinct separate thing going on now that being said while this is part of that world I do think this is better than 90% of them I think this is a good version of that however I don't think this was like a great movie i liked more than i thought i would i kind of went into it with like a sour attitude like uh, watching the trailers like this doesn't look like it's for me it's it's the you know as much as the the directors clearly wanted to use physical locations there's still like a lot of cgi and kind of like the audience tested dialogue that is just like Mm. not really for me so I don't know. I was just kind of like, this isn't going to work for me. And more more of it did than I thought it would, but it's still... It is what it is, you know? Um, I think the characters weren't as well-fleshed as they could have been. I think there's just... There's something missing for me. Um, while it, it works functionally, I don't think, like, there was quite as much heart as maybe it thinks it has. And there's just maybe, like some issues with like character flaws. I think it's very plot heavy where it's like, okay, and then we have to do this and then we have to do this and then we have to do this. Like we have to do as many things as possible. Um, Kind of like this is the next thing we have to do and not quite um, enough causality for me. Um, A lot of introducing concepts that are, I'm sure players of the game are familiar with, but you have to just introduce every single thing for uh, movie audiences. Um, but I mean, like, the direction is fun. There's a lot of comedy that I, I actually did get a, a chuckle out of that I found funny. Um, but yeah, I, ju- I, I like Peter kind of stole my thunder. I do think this is just a lesser version of Guardians of the Galaxy. I think everybody has been trying to rip off those movies since it came out in 2014, and no one has been able to do a better job than that, and I, I firmly stand by that. I think... Okay. No, it's my turn. I think they try to create a dynamic of characters that are almost identical. You have the loser white guy the who's dumb and makes the plans. You have the strong woman who... The, those two have a, a relationship. This one's platonic, thankfully. But um, you have the person who doesn't understand figures of speech. And then you have, like, some... They, they switch out the other ones for some more interesting things. But like the transforming person who's like the heavy, right? Like there's, it's it's always the same, and they're they're like trying to be funny, and you know like it's, it's a lesser version of Guardians of the Galaxy, which is a movie that I hold near and dear to my heart. So, um, I gave it a three on Letterboxd. I think it's like a good three, but like I think it's just I don't know. It could have been a low three point five. Like that's I'm kind of on the fence there, but. Um, and would I recommend people go see this? Like, probably not. I think if you want to go see this, you would. And this is just something that I personally would not really, like, endorse. 
but like is like if you just want to have like a good time and if you like this sort of thing like yeah sure whatever it's fun so that's kind of my take on that mm-hmm. um but, but we're, we're kind of in the same score range but i feel like for very different reasons yeah i feel like a lot of the things that didn't work for you i feel like i'm gonna actually kind of endorse fully interesting but, I mean, well we'll get, we'll get into, into it. it jinx so we have a spoiler warning now Yep, so we're going to spoil uh, the movie. If you haven't seen it, uh, we're going to do a synopsis, and that's me, unfortunately. So I have two minutes to describe what happens in this movie. and I, I'm excited I, to learn about what happens during the part I fell asleep for. <laughs> I, dude, I'm not going to be able to do this because, like I said, it's, it's there's so much that's plot in this movie. It's so long, too. Oh, my God. Okay, uh, three, two, one, here we go. So basically, Chris Pine and... Um, Fast and Furious girl are in jail in like prison because they were thieves and then they escape jail by kicking a guy out the window and they go back to their lives um, to try and find Chris Pine has a daughter. His wife died because he stole from the wed wed with but we're not supposed to know that yet. Um, And his daughter was taken in by their kind of like friend Hugh Grant, who is like a con man. Um, and they got like betrayed by him and it turns out that he's bad. And so then they're like, okay, we need to get our, get the daughter back. And, uh, Fast and Furious girl is kind of like, uh, sort of like a mom to her. Anyway, so they're like, we got to get her back and like prove something. I don't know. So they go out and they find their old wizard friend who's really bad at wizarding. They find his ex-girlfriend who's like, like a changeling, like can change into things with the elves. And so they go on a journey. They want to steal... They want to steal the thing that brings a person back to life. Like, that's the MacGuffin. And so they need to get into a vault, they find out. And to get into the vault, they need a, a magic helmet that turns off magic. So they got to go find that. And then they find Reggae, John, John Page. And he takes them to hell, uh, or like a hellish kind of underground place with a fat dragon. And they get the helmet and escape the fat dragon. Oh, also there's a red wizard who's, like, manipulating uh, Hugh Grant. And they come back and they try to steal the thing. And then it doesn't work because something. And there's a tournament. And they fight in the tournament. And they're like, psych, let's not fight in the tournament. And Hugh Grant tries to escape with the treasure because he's a con man. And he has given his power over the kingdom he owns to the red wizard. And she just wants to kill everybody and make everybody dead minions. And so she almost does that. And then they stop her. I have Wait, 10 Aiden, seconds left. Aiden, I'm, I'm curious, which part did you miss? When, like, when so, did you fall asleep? When, when they go into the hellish world, I was awake for, like, the first part of that. But no, you missed some of the best jokes! I missed, like, almost, no, I, like, the dragon thing. I don't really know what you're talking about. I have, like, a okay. vague memory of that. I can go more Wait, descriptive. So, did you, um, hold on, hold on, the, one more question. I, I woke you... up as they were, like, leaving that world. There was, like, water. I remember water. And then, no. they were, so, <laughs> and then they weren't there anymore. Okay, so here's what happened. So the, they get to the world, the underground world. Did you see the brains? No. Oh, my God. So yes, I did. In, no, I did. Yes, I did. Okay. Yeah, I just forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. I, and Chris Pine's like... Yeah, I saw oh, the bridge awesome. collapse, too. I saw the bridge collapse. I saw that gag. I yeah, hated yeah. that joke so much. Okay, so they get across by joke. using the portal gun, which was... Yeah, yeah I saw that. saw that. For me, I was like, what are we doing? So there's the portal gun. They get across. They get the helmet. Then I think next what happens is they realize the Red Wizard guys have followed them, and then they just fight. But then they realize after they've killed mm-hmm. all of them that... They're dead already, so you can't kill them, and they're back to yeah, life. And they start 
chasing them, and then they find the dragon, who's very, very large. He's like that fat dog, like Obi. <laughs> the dog. Okay. It was so funny. Um, so there, there, it was on an incline, so they were sort of climbing up to leave, and then they realized it's actually a dragon cave on top, and the mm-hmm. dragon's too fat to fly. So, so the the dragon just slid down in like, in like are, a like a it's like it's like it's like a slope on a mountain type of thing. Yes, just, these are details down. that don't matter. <laughs> and then the dragon also cannot cannot breathe fire. Uh, like he he was just like giving out sparks either because he's too fat or something. I don't know. He was releasing uh, like a gas. They, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they I just use so. the the finger the finger flame trick to ignite the gas that he's releasing to get out of because he like they, they, he chases them into a, a cavern where they're stuck and then sort of yeah. whatever it doesn't doesn't really you miss nothing and it's funny that you say that because a pod that i listened to said that that someone had missed that part too they had gone to the bathroom for that part that seems to right. be like the most part of the movie um no i i like my my falling asleep had nothing to do with that it was just that I was in the I was in the nice theater with the nice seats. I won't say what it's called, but I was in the nice one. I was reclined back. Yep, that's the one. Yeah. Uh, I was reclined back, and then I sat up after that. And then I stayed awake. Um, but yeah. Peter, what were you saying? I, there's something weird with Discord where if you try to cut someone off, you're, you only hear one person. So. Oh, I just said like some of the funniest jokes of the movie. Was in I there. don't know in what jokes part. you're talking about. Dude, oh my god, okay, so Regan John Page was so funny. I loved him. He was, so, like, even though he just appeared very briefly for, like, 10, 20 minutes, um, he was so funny. There was, like, there was like someone uh, calling, like, one, one of the guys, one of the bad guys, oh, you're a son of a bitch. Uh, and then, and then Regan John Page, is his affliction because because the his mother was condemned or something? I, and I didn't realize what he was talking about for a second. Then I was like, son of a bitch, oh my god, that's so clever. <laughs> that was so funny. Yeah, I don't remember, I was asleep, but I will say that one of the parts that, one of the jokes that I thought was really funny, although I didn't like that they pointed to it so much was when he's walking away on the beach oh and he walks in a straight line and then he walks over the rock i thought that was really funny i That's... probably could have done without them saying like commenting on the joke as much but i still thought it was funny i think some of the comedy they overdo, they overdo it because i was like in theory that is funny but i got a nothing reaction for me and i think it, i think you're right because they were like patting themselves on the back with or like like pointing it out too much which I think some of the comedy fails because of that throughout the movie. Um, I really didn't like that character, uh, Reggae Jean Page. I that was like the clearest ripoff of Guardians of the Galaxy. He was like the Drax, except he's hot in this one, and that was that felt the cheapest to me because we have been doing like think about it. We have been doing the character who doesn't understand figurative language yeah, for yeah. years there are for so long. many yeah. Drax characters and it's really, really boring it's so frustrating I don't, because who are like, you t- who like who i can't think of specifics but i do know like Zach. this has been well i'll just look it up because like just because i don't know like i know that i've seen it a million times and i find it so annoying um but someone well, else like, is gonna always... cover for me while i do this cover who, like uh, his jokes, though, always catch me by surprise. And that's, I think, my favorite part. Same thing with Drax. It's like, 
you don't expect them to misunderstood some references or like just language that we use every day, you know? And then when it pops up, I always find it funny. Okay, so I've got, um, I've got, what is this called? TVTropes.org. And so I will find some in here. Um, I'm going to try to find ones that are modern, but it, it mentions Drax like right at the beginning. It's not even the first one that does that. Like there's films much older than that that uh, mention it. But yeah, Drax probably just popularized it. Yeah, I don't know. I also like he the character is like, but he's he's also like the super honorable guy, and that's not what Drax is. Um, that like, is like true. that is an important thing as well. Like, I don't know. I didn't really make the Guardians connection. I think because I don't see Guardians as the progenitor of those dynamics. I think that mm-hmm. those are like well established dynamics. I can see that Guardian. Like, I get that. I I don't think you're wrong that people try to emulate Guardians, but. I don't know. I don't really care. I think that because Guardians didn't invent that, it's kind of it's more or less up for grabs. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Agreed. And I also wanted to say that I pretty strongly disagree with your point about this being in the same realm as like Jurassic World and stuff like that. Like, because the difference is pretty critical, which is that Jurassic Park is an established franchise that people will show up for, so they don't have to try that hard, and people will go to it who the fuck is lining up to see Dungeons and Dragons? Like, it's not like it is IP. That's correct. But it's not like it's, it's not like a tried and tested movie where it's like, okay, we're going to make this very corporate. Like it's clearly a case where they're like, okay, we're going to make this movie. And then they got a couple guys who are like really interested in doing it. And they're like, well, we don't know if this is going to work or not. So just like have fun. And like I think I think that's a very important distinction. I don't this doesn't feel the same to me Agreed. at all as as like the Jurassic Worlds. I think this yeah. is much more this is much more inspired and much less corporate. Cuz I thought uh, correct me if I'm wrong Alex. I thought when you mentioned these movies you were more referring to it as like this sort of like fantasy but like less serious type of movie. No, I'm talking about I'm talking about like how do I describe this? Like, the general feeling I get from the movie mm-hmm. is, all like, all of these movies feel the same. Like, they are the Hollywood... Like, this is what Hollywood blockbusters look like now. They all are very, very similar. And that's oh, in and the tropey... Yeah, I, I disagree. Tro- let me, let me, I disagree. Let me I disagree with that. The tropey characters, the kind of, like, okay, like, obviously, this is what happens next. Really just, like, like they're, they all feel so similar and i don't know like cgi location like just whatever but i like i said i think this is better than most of them but i do just think like i don't know like they they feel they're of the same breed you know that's as close as i can get yeah i i don't think this feels like like watching jurassic world at all i think it's better than jurassic world but but i don't even mean quality it doesn't feel like the same kind of movie like this feels like a yeah, sure, fuck it. Like, we're going to make a Dungeons & Dragons movie. Instead of it being like, oh, yeah, we're bringing the franchise back. We're going to have dinosaurs. Well, like, no, you're, you're focusing on the franchise part, and that's not necessarily the issue. Like, I know that this isn't, like, an IP that is as huge as things that have had movies. Like, this isn't, like, a legacy sequel or anything, but um, it's everything else about the movie the ip is like whatever i don't care um it's 
yeah, it's the filmmaking aspect of it. I don't I don't care that like like the the IP isn't drawing audience in. It's like this is something that like like Hollywood produces five of these every year. I agree that if it it feels like a somewhat standard blockbuster, but I Maybe don't. That's what but, I'm trying to say then. Yeah, yeah, I just think that Jurassic World and stuff like that's a specific flavor that this isn't. I think. Sure. Okay. Um. Anyways, we it's an indie I, blockbuster. <laughs> it is not a fucking indie blockbuster. I'm kidding. I'm My kidding, God. I'm kidding. Anyways, we kind of talked about this Guardians of the Galaxy. I did look it up. I couldn't find any characters that I was referring to. I don't. I don't know who I'm thinking of. But I've seen. No, I'm like I'm. I'm dead serious. I've seen enough movies where it's like, okay, you're just doing drags again. Like that. I'm. I'm really tired of it at this point. And I do think that the dynamic of the group is really just the same as Guardians. But I. I won't. I won't get more. We. You'll just hear more of the same from me. So. Why don't we, as we always do? Yeah, I don't. I don't really agree with that either. But yeah. Okay. Why don't we always? Why don't we talk about our favorite parts? Why don't we like doing that? Favorite so let's part. talk about our favorite parts. So who has okay. the favorite part for me? Peter, you're the I most have, passionate. You I have a clear favorite. So I think the cinematography of this movie is that especially is not for certain part. scenes. That is hey. I'm going. I'm getting there. Okay? It's go yeah. to a, a specific part. Okay. Let him so, talk. Let him talk. I, I, yeah. Let, let me cook, man. Um, so <laughs> I want you guys to <laughs> recall back to when uh, they first hired Doric, which is the ship shape shifting girl. Yep. Um, so, so she was first at first a fly, and then she got caught, and then she had to escape the city. That whole sequence, that was a one shot, right? Like I don't think there were any cuts there. Fake one, oneer, yeah. yeah. Oh, but, is it well, when it's a CGI? It's a CGI. Are you talking about when she's first spying on him? Yeah, yeah. So she—that's my wonder point. Yeah, mm. she's first a fly, then then a deer, uh, no, and then a cat, then a deer, blah blah. blah transform. That was so smooth, and that was just really sick to like see uh, different animals traversing the city, and like it makes sense as well from a character perspective. Like she would do that to help her escape. So I just thought it's like everything working well together. That is like I think that's why I like this movie much more than a standard blockbuster. It's that it has these moments where everything just come together, cinematography, character, you know, plot just comes together and it works so well. So that's one so of my favorites. I will say that is down as one of my points as a negative though. I don't really? like that part. I I, I, I actually I strongly it. dislike that part. I thought like I don't think that should have been a fake oneer. It's not a oneer. It's a fake one with very obvious digital stitching. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think it's it's just it's too clear where the cuts are for it to really matter, and it's also like the CG's kind of rough for some parts of it. Like especially when she's like I know that's not the main point, but like when she's a deer at the end, like it doesn't look great. But I I think I don't think the decision to go oneer like was good i think that that made it feel like cheap and it the rhythm of it didn't quite work for me like i I think that sequence could have been a lot better if they just filmed it with cuts and stuff like that like uh not that um yeah i i I wasn't a huge fan of that segment that's very interesting because this is i think we are just going to be on opposite ends of the spectrum here aiden of being like we we agree that the movie is like a three or three point five, but we have different takes. But like that sequence, 
it's not like it wasn't the highest part of the movie for me and i i do know what you're talking about like i thought the deer looked terrible but and and was also like a very obvious joke i was like you've 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 no, i think that that deer. was kind of funny I think they brought the deer too early. I think it should have been the last thing, like as like like get through sure. the gates and then turn into a deer to escape into the forest because then it's like, oh, see, she did turn into a deer. It's like like way at sure. the end, like after it was relevant. But anyways, I think the scene like I, I found the one to be like, yeah, sure. Like it works. Um, I know like I know the digital. It was very obvious. And I think this might be your like your camera guy. Like, obsessed. no, but it's it's. It's also just like it's just it's not a good oneer. Like, and I don't like the the energy of it is lacking. Like, I I feel like it misses the point of doing like a oneer, which is to have like a really like kind of kinetic, free flowing sort of sequence that feels kind of like unbridled by uh, like the camera. Like the camera has to, you know what I mean. Like ev- like everything's moving and we have to catch up to it and stuff like that. And I just feel like. It, it felt like they were just trying too hard to f- jam square pegs into round holes here to, like, make this work, and it, I, I don't think it's a well-executed one at all. Okay. I mean, this this isn't surprising to me that they did this, because having seen Game Night, which is their first film that did very well, it was a comedy, there's yeah. a, a sequence where they do a one-er. That, that one is a very good one-er, um, where they're, like, playing keep away with, uh, like, an expensive, like, one of those ornate eggs. And yeah, so yeah. that that is a That's very fine. good, very well executed one or sequence. So I know, like I agree that it doesn't reach those heights, but it seems like this is like their thing. Like the these directors like to challenge themselves with camera movement movement and stuff like that. So like I I applaud them for like you know doing what they like. I think I actually I I do disagree. Like I think that it does kind of fit the scene. I think the one or was not a bad choice. It does feel like. Oh, I'm getting like chased around and like like I think it works. I think I think most of the time their flashy camera movement and their like direction fits the energy of the scene. Even even what? if like like But I don't think the camera works even that flashy in this scene. Like I other than you know what I mean? Like it's like the actual shots that are being stitched together are kind of nothing. And like they're not they're not that fun. Like, and to be clear, like, I think later action sequences are much better and much more fun. Like when they're fighting the red wizard at the end, I think that's a much more fun action sequence. Um, yeah. And I I think like, and it's filmed with cuts and it's just, it's staged better. Yeah. I don't know. We won't, we don't have to beat a dead horse to this. I didn't like that part though. Wait, that's funny. Cause I actually like that less than that, than this scene. The final red wizard action sequence. (laughs) Interesting. Uh, Aiden, did you have a favorite part? Yeah, what is your favorite part? Uh, what was my favorite part? I really liked uh, towards the end. I think like the kind of the third act was like as, in general like one of my favorite parts of it. That was when I really started to enjoy it more. Um, and I think like I really really like the sequence with the mirror when they're using the portal thing. That's a really fun and clever use of the magic they established. I think I re- I really really liked that when they're br- like breaking into the vault. And then I I liked the gag of like it falls onto the floor and so. I thought it was clever that like then the characters split up and one of them learns an important thing while the other ones do this. I, I actually I thought mm. it was like a well constructed like sequence of revealing information in a fun way and building up to an action sequence that and then tying something that we established back in. I actually I really liked it. Yeah, and uh, also in addition, 
the one the one other scene that went really hard in the sequence you described is the Doric girl, the shape-shifting girl, mm-hmm. like, going from the portal into the vault, the sort of, like, flip, and the camera flips with her. That's so right. cool. Yeah, so that's... So cool, man. Wait, when... Was that... I don't remember. Was was that... That was before, that, right? When they were trying was, to hijack uh, the, the cart? them entering the carriage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. saw that on, on Twitter, uh, behind the scenes. It's like, oh, that is pretty cool. Like, them doing yeah. that camera flippy guy. No, I, I, I completely agree with you, Aiden, that when they have to split up and, like, the energy keeps building with the intercutting between the different scenes and how, like, yeah, like, like characters are learning things at the same time, but, like, different things. So, like, Dora or whatever that shapeshifter's name <laughs> is. It's not Dora, is it? It's Doric, Doric. I think. Yeah. Doric, okay. Doric the Exploric. Um, when yeah. she's, like, in the real safe, and then she's like, oh, they're escaping, this stuff is gone, and the other guys are like, oh, this, why is this empty? And those kind of, yeah. like, like arrive, where they, they should be arriving at the same place at the same time, and they don't, and it's like, oh, that's a really good moment. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, Chris Pine is focusing on what he thinks is most important, which is daughter. And I think, yeah, yeah it, was, it is a really well-constructed sequence. Um, yeah. It also starts off with a really great moment where they're trying to do an illusion, and Chris Pine is like singing a song and then it breaks and it's a little break, 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 break. Yeah. And then like his eye starts. Like... Although I will say I about that, that was an, I, I really like that moment, but it was another, there are a bunch of moments in this movie where I think they're just slight directing misfires where mm-hmm. I just think this would be a little, I think they have this shot where it's a wide, where it's guards and foreground. And then our characters sneaking off in the background and I think the characters need to be more in focus in the shot, and com- the shot needs to be composed in such a way that we clearly see Chris Pine more, which is not in the yeah. shot. Yeah, yeah, that, that like, I didn't find clear and, at all. And so, like, it's just a little bit of a misfire for me, but yeah. I do like the moment. And there are a bunch of moments like that in this movie for me. Same, I agree. Direction misfires, I think there's a couple ones. The ones that I can think of, the, I think the one of the worst executed jokes for me was the one about the bridge, like the one that crumbles. Sure. Were you awake for that part? I was awake for that, yeah. Okay, so it's like reggae is like doing like the, you have to take two steps, of the, da, 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 that, that was like fine, I think. But it's when yeah. it crumbles, I was like, you've done something wrong here. Like cutting, I think it was holding yeah. on the wide shot. I was like, yeah. that is not funny at I, all. To me, the problem is also that we see the character who does it edging up, like, while they're talking, and I think that needs to happen off screen. I think we need to not, I think he needs to, we need to not see him for a second, and then he's there and it crumbles. I think that's an important part of it for me. Maybe. I, the thing that I'm thinking about now is naturally Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, there's, there's, well, it, it makes sense. It's from the first film when Rocket, it's a very similar scene. Rocket is explaining how they're going to escape from prison. And he's saying... Yeah, and then the Groot thing. Yeah, let me describe it. So it's yeah. he's, he's describing, like, we have to do this, and we need this purple battery. And he, he's talking about the purple battery. Meanwhile, Groot is in the background hearing that first instruction going, oh, I need to get the purple battery. And he's reaching for it, and he's working on it. And then as Rocket is winding down his thing, his instructions, he goes, but we can't get the purple battery first because it'll do all these really bad things. So we have to get it last and then it breaks. And then yeah, but, now we're in high gear. And so there are a few things work. that are different about, there are a few things that are different about that though, where it's like, 
when so he's central Groot is like centrally framed. Yes, it's a well, it's a shot. very well that's, framed shot. That's important because he's off to this our character, I forget his name, he's off to the side. He's like way off yes. to the left. And yep. that's important because it's like he's kind of just it feels like just a like that character's antsy. Like he's just moving instead of like, oh well, like why don't I look at the bridge? Like in he needs I think he needs to be in the center of the frame or just it needs yep. to be composed differently. It's also different in that we don't know what he's doing. Like, we don't know if he's getting too close. We know that Gru is doing the wrong thing as he's yeah. doing it, but we, that's not super clear that, like, oh, he's getting too close to the bridge and he's going to activate it. Like, we don't... That's not clear enough, and that's why the joke, mm-hmm. like, backfires, yeah. I think also maybe there's, like, a timing thing, too, where they hold yeah. in wide shots too long. I, like, like I, I really hated the wide shot of all the people because it's really boringly composed like they're just all yeah. standing there but also there's i think there was another shot where they they there was maybe even wider than that and i was like both of those shots are just not funny for this and i almost wonder if this is like a post uh what was it called no way home world sure. where we're now editing factoring in audience reaction where you watch oh, no I way home that. now where you, you watch No Way Home now, like specifically the scenes where you introduce the Spider-Man and yeah. they know that audiences are going to applaud and cheer and no one's going to be he- able to hear anything. So they edit the movie differently. And you watch it yeah. at home where no one's cheering and there's just these awkward pauses where people are like, <laughs> like <Yeah>. just reacting <laughs> and saying nothing. And it's so weird. Yeah. And so I think that was what was happening because I watched it with like three or four other people like no one was there and so it was just like really awkward and silent and i think they were expecting maybe like audience laughter and they're like oh we gotta wait for it to die down it's so funny we gotta like you know i don't know it's weird peter that that's yeah. crazy because um i recently found out that charlie cox who's the actor that played yeah. devil was given the direction to specifically not say or do anything after you first see daredevil on screen Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, hold, they hold for applause. Yeah. yeah, that is wild for me. Uh, yeah. It's I think I hate that. Um, I'm trying to think. There were some other directing misfires I had. Do, can you well, remember some? But of yours? Alex, what I, is your favorite oh. scene, man? <laughs> well, I'm, I was just kind of following this tangent, but um, yeah. Wh- sure. While we're going down this rabbit hole, there's like we might as well because, I mean, unless yeah. you want to get into that first, and then we can loop back to it. Well, okay. we can loop back when it's natural. Let's let's okay. go down the rabbit hole run. Yeah, so this is another one that isn't, it's not a, uh, like, technical thing. Like, it's not a shot choice thing, and it's not a, like, did they pull off this gag well thing. It's a how characters are reacting thing. And this is what I mean when I said characters were inconsistent sometimes, where when Chris Pine and uh, Michelle Rodriguez first go to the castle and the daughter is there, that interaction is very weird. It's It's very, very strange. And it's because it's like, shouldn't, it's like no one cares. It's like, it feels like no one really cares that much about this situation. Like they haven't seen each other in two years. And it's like, the daughter's just like, okay, dad, like you left me for two years, man. Like, come on, dude. Where it's like, if that's how she feels, she should like be like, like colder to him. It's also weird that she isn't mad at Olga. Like, 
who she sees as a mother figure and did the exact same thing as Chris Pine. Like, there's just weird character inconsistency. And Chris Pine doesn't seem to give a fuck that much, like, in his demeanor. It's weird. Yeah, that, that speaks to, like, the problem I was having with this kind of, like, lacking part to me is that mm. this kind of, like, what should be, like, this central driving force is not there. It doesn't feel yeah. real. There's no chemistry between those characters, really. There, there just isn't. And I think it's kind of on all of them. Like, I think the kid isn't really, like, interacting well with the parents. And I don't think... Uh, Fast Fury, what's her name? Is it Michelle Rodriguez? I keep thinking that's what it is, but I keep... Yeah, Michelle Rodriguez, yeah. I don't think she's, like, having good chemistry with the other guys. And Chris Pine, I think, is probably doing his best. But, like, even then, like, I'm not really feeling what's yeah. going on there. But, yeah, no. And, the, and like, that, that should have been something. And it just isn't. I think... Yeah. No, I, I completely agree that that was a misfire. And it's it gets the movie off to, like, a slow start, I think. And things don't really pick up until later. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that, that it wasn't until, like, fairly well into this movie where I was like, oh, okay, yeah, 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 I was like, yeah, like, we, we had to get there. I also think the way the scene is set up is kind of weird, like, they're just sitting, and the daughter just happens to stumble upon yeah. them, like, yeah. if this is an important thing, like, like, just, why don't you build up to it a little bit more? Like, I, it just feels like, it feels like it, they should build up for it to be this joyous reunion, and then it winds and then it winds up falling flat so that we have like that contrast between expectation and reality or something but it's just kind of like they just like talk and they feel like they're like yeah okay whatever like i i didn't mean to leave you dude like literally i was in prison and like like my i was trying to bring your mom back but like yeah instead of it being like instead of it just being more like it's it's just such a yeah you're the chemistry is weird Peter, did you have something to say? I don't want to jump ahead of you. Yeah, so I agree that I think the daughter-father relationship is handled really poorly throughout the film. Like, even at the very end, he technically, he apologized to a a uh, a clone. I don't know what was... Uh, like, like, it's the red wizard oh, yeah. in disguise at the end. Yeah. And then at the very end, it's like, yeah, you know what? I don't need to apologize to you again. I already apologized, you know? And, like, they even joked about it. It's like, yo... Uh, I had a whole apology ready, but I apologized to the wrong person. And then they sort of just made up, and it's all cool. I thought, like, it's handled really poorly, because at the beginning, you see this sort of co-relationship between the two. And at the end, not even a full-on apology later, they're all just chummy again, you know? Um, but but I think, like, yeah. Alex, you, you talked about, like, the movie lacking heart. I think the movie lacks heart in the way that Chris Pine and the daughter relationship is really terrible. But I think Chris Pine and his longing of being together with his wife again, that really, like, I think that was, like, the emotional core for me. That was better. Uh, And I I really like how they held off on the reveal that it's actually not because he he did a righteous thing. It's uh, he arrested the uh, Red Wizard, which is part of his job, that caused the Red Wizards to go after his family. It's because he was greedy and took a piece of gold that sort of led Wizard to them in the first place. I really like that reveal. It's like holding off just enough information so the plot can progress normally, but also the reveal hits you both in an emotional way and also sort of puts even more pressure and intensity into the plot. I thought that was done really well. Um, so I, I was going to say something I really liked about uh, that general thing. It wasn't the stealing thing, but it was... 
I really liked that. I thought it's an it's a good arc. It's an interesting arc to have him realize that he the selfish thing for him to do is bring his uh, wife back. I actually I really love the line when he's like, "I wanted to bring my wife back, but not your mom." And like that's a, I think that's a great line. Um, and I think like oh that's yeah, actually, yeah yeah I agree that, I agree that's yeah, a really yeah, yeah. interesting arc. It's for and, him. It's not for her. Because she, she never knew who the mother is, right? Yeah. Like, they would never, yeah, agree. And the de- the decision in the end, like, yeah, like, obvious, like, it's pretty clear he's not going to bring back the mom. Someone in the party is going to die, probably Olga, and he's going to bring her back instead. <laughs> yeah. That's that's not, a, that's a pretty predictable thing, but I actually like the decisions that went into it. I like that it's a clearly motivated thing instead of it just being a vague, like, can't disturb the dead sort of thing. Like, it's actually... Like, it's, it's a motivated choice that is arrived upon throughout Absolutely. an arc that we trace through the movie. I did, I liked that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, hmm, the, the whole, like, dragonfly thing, I don't know what, because sometimes the flashbacks, I was like, I don't, I don't know about this, but, like, in the end, it did end up working for me. Um, what's, where am I going with this? There's, like, there's you're referring one... to the dragonfly where the wife said, let it go, and then... The yeah. Dragonfly... Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. trying to think what my point was going to be, though. I don't know. I'll just go with what um, what I do remember. So, like, there's this motif where the, the dragonfly is, like, how Chris Pine, like, remembers his wife, or, like, it reminds him of his wife because of a moment they had. And that was one of the things that, like, like, was probably the most impressive thing in this movie for me was when Olga's dying and he has that kind of, like, decision, like, should I save Olga or should I save... Um, or should I bring back uh, my, ex- my, my ex-wife? My wife? <laughs> my wife? Should I bring back yeah. my wife? Um, and he sees the dragonfly and he has to, like, let it go. Like, I was, like... I was tearing up a little bit. I was like, okay, that's really good. In a, in a movie that I didn't like very much... I was like, that was a really good moment. Very well done. Kind of like those two options and like just having to let that go. Man, there was something else that I didn't like about this concept, but I don't remember what it was. I will say for that scene, though, Chris Pine could not give less of a fuck if Holga died, which made it really cheap. (laughs) Because he's like, he doesn't, like, there's... It would be so much more interesting if he gave a shit, you know? And yeah. I think it's that it's the other issue is that there's no chemistry between the daughter and Chris Pine and no chemistry between these people who are supposed to be friends and like, yeah. like really good friends because they've raised a kid together. Like that should mean something. And she is dying and he does not care or it doesn't like, I'm not seeing him being yeah. like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Like, you know, like, like there should be like the, the fear of like losing those two options, but there's, almost nothing and it's really yeah, just I, his daughter who cares i i disagree slightly because i i feel like it's like there are two ways of grieving right like one is the very loud and pronounced way where it's like you know you you know holding her crying tearing up screaming whatever but i think this movie sort of delivered in some way different where it's just he's like hey like the 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 magic guy can you use magic to heal her but then he just like solemnly said, it's a red wizard's blade. You can't do anything about it. And I thought like that hit me at the right spot. Like that worked for me. So 
I didn't have a problem with that personally. It, it didn't even need to be like a huge emotional thing. Like I didn't see any form of grief on his face. Like that's like I I felt nothing for Holga dying. I was like, sure, <laughs> whatever. But when the dragonfly showed up, I was like, oh, that is an emotional, sincere moment that you have built up to. That yeah. is, this is a payoff, and I feel this payoff. This works for me. Nothing. Sure. The other things didn't. Man, I wish I knew what that point was. Anyways, um, we were talking about like um, directing mishaps. I have one. Um, sure. There's the point where, I don't know his name, Magic Boy is like flying in the sky. Why did we stick with his POV? Like, and not like a true POV, but so, so, okay, sorry, I need to be more specific. So yeah, he's, reversing, yeah. he's reversing the gravity up and down. In his magic yep. show, like post-magic show and the fight. And he's reversing the gravity oh, up and down. Yeah. And then he is sent into the sky. You should not have stayed with his POV. You should have cut to Chris Pine and them watching him float into the sky and be like, how is he going to get down from there? You know, like, like it's yeah. the wide. The wide is funnier. And also, like, the straight man, I guess. They, they would be the straight man in that scenario. Where he, he's being, like, really wacky, goofy. And then you're like... Oh, isn't that weird? I hope he gets down from there. I hope he's okay. And just kind of like nonchalant reaction to something that is life-threatening. Instead, worth put in the life-threatening scenario. And then that's like trying to play it for jokes. Also, they just appear on the side of the building like right at the right time. Yeah. And it would have been funnier if you had stayed with them and you'd see them leave the building and just kind of wait for him to fall into frame. Like, I think they, I think that was a mishap for me. I I agree there, and I also think I agree that in that same scene prior to the stuff that's just happening in like the church, is like we don't there's isn't really a shot that's just a wider one of Chris Pine and Michelle Rodriguez just looking at what's happening. Like it's too we're too close on the action once again, and it's like we're cut like most of the shots are cutting off such a significant portion of the room, and I feel like the point of a, a gravity gag where you're like significantly altering the space of a room you need to showcase the space of a room and yeah. so it, it's weird that like we were there isn't a there i might be remembering wrong i don't think there's a single shot where we're just seeing like the whole room and it's just like chris pine and michelle rodriguez just watching it yeah also we never see them on the ceiling like it's just it seems like it's just happening to this guy yeah, and all yeah, the yeah. audience members yeah. and then you just like cut back to them and they kind of like stand up from the floor. It's like, oh, I guess they were also on the ceiling, yeah, yeah, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Because we didn't see that. It's strange. Um, do you have any other mishaps moment? I have a small one, but like I don't think it's worth talking about. Do you have any other ones? I there were other moments, but I just don't I don't remember them off the top of my head. Okay. We can talk about um what were some good directing moments. I think that's uh sure. to be fair to our yeah. our guys. Do you have one, Aiden, seems like? I do, like, off the dome, yeah. Like, it's uh, uh, it's a particular shot where they're fighting the Red Wizard at the end, and it's just a very well-choreographed and staged shot where they're kind of all coming in with blows and all using, like, their various yeah. powers against him. Um, and I, I I, generally really like that scene all, that altogether, that fight scene. I think that, again, there's a creative use of, like, the magic. Um, I like... Yeah, I, I, I like the hand thing. That's fun. Uh, I like the hands. That was fun. <laughs> also, <laughs> just repeating myself. 
creative use of the environment too i think yeah 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 exactly and i yeah i like um i like the owl bear just in general that's fun uh and so i like i like that they brought that back i yeah that whole scene felt staged and choreographed and shot quite well to me okay i thought peter was gonna react strongly <laughs> um yeah no i think i think that was a that was a good enough scene um I did. I think that. I think that particular moment where they're all wailing yeah. on. I think that is a good moment. Yeah. Um, I liked. There was a different action scene that I that comes to mind for me. It's when they're escaping the castle, like way at the beginning, and it's the the kind of like it's a great. It's not only a great action scene and like good editing, which isn't always the case in this movie. It's also really establishing character, which is something that falls to the wayside. I find a lot in this movie. So there's it's it's. They're about to be executed by this guard, and mm. Michelle Rodriguez has found this like brick, and she's es- she's escaping, and she's like fighting all the guards, and we keep yeah. cutting to Chris Pine who is trying to break his ropes, and he can't, yeah. and that's all he's focused on because he's an idiot, and that's like what a great moment, one of my favorite moments of the movie, I think, um, because yeah. it's just like old school like classic gag that works. It's it's strong and it works. And also, I think they do some like really fun things with that sequence. There's the part where she's grabbed the head of a, a knight who's wearing like the helmet and is dragging it along like a metal gate and is going ding 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 ding, ding. and yeah. like that's really funny. There's also um, there's a really great shot where it's like a, a somewhat like full shot where she has the brick up and then she smacks it down and brings it up on the guy and that's a really fun shot too. It works really well with. Uh, with like sound design and just like the execution of it as well yeah yeah and Um, when the action was going on they actually like so sometimes you see it from like a ground level you know behind michelle rodriguez from michelle rodriguez point of view type of thing but then sometimes the camera also does like an overhead shot where everything's captured sort of below You, you sort of like it's almost like you're above the market you're looking down and i thought that was really creative as well yeah bunch of interesting angles looking at the fly from different angles yeah um what else can we say i think these directors are really good at um like they seem to be really into like the practical stuff which i mean i always appreciate um so a lot of practical locations like way more than i would have expected for a movie like this um and so like like that beach was real as far as i could tell i was like oh we did a real beach uh, and some of those like towns was like oh you actually went to a place um some of the creature design is real like that fish the cat jarnathan those are all yeah, real Jar- guys jarnathan. <laughs> i yeah i like jarnathan sure i didn't find that that funny but I, um i th- i thought i think they designed him story that his face is funny and that's what sold it for me yeah, the, like, bird, the bird's face is funny on the ground yeah <laughs> it's funny because Peter keeps getting cut off and then we just see him miming. <laughs> <We're> like... <laughs> it's um, all good. I kept the local copy. We can use that. I did I, I think I don't know. I think the Jarnathan thing was only mildly amusing when it was like That's not his name. Guys... <laughs> Jarnathan? It's Jonathan. Yeah, it's not the name. It's just Jonathan. No, yeah. it's Jarnathan. There's an R in there. I know really? it's that because I saw it spelt on Twitter. Yeah, it's Jarnathan. Oh, I'm wow. like, you're wrong. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Because you think it would be Jonathan, but it's not. It's Jarnathan. Jar- <laughs> like Jar Jar Nathan. Like that's No, what I understand. 
So the part that I found funny is he was like, hey, guys, sorry it was late. It's the weather. <laughs> like, that was kind of funny to me. And then they just, like, kick him out the window. That was kind of funny. No, because, like, I really like how they set up the expectations. Like, like he, he is someone that Chris Pine knew, like, in the past or something. Yeah, I was, so I was fooled. He has the method of yeah. es- escaping. Yeah. I find that so funny. That, that's funny. And it's also, oh, but here's actually, I have another directing misfire in this scene as well. Where I know it's it a, is. It's a tonal thing where he's talking about his backstory and it's like a really sad thing. And we come back and he doesn't give a fuck. Like, right? He, he like, just doesn't care. Yeah, like, like, he just doesn't, he's recounting the story of, like, his wife dying and, like, being estranged from his daughter, and he doesn't seem to give a shit at any point that, like, that these things are happening. Okay, I have, I have two things. I've remembered the thing I forgot. This is a big moment, guys, and I wrote it down. It's not going anywhere. So, to respond to you, yes, I think that is one of the biggest issues with this movie is that Chris Pine does not give a fuck. And it's like, I don't know if there's just no chemistry, but, like, like, in all of his personal relationships between other characters, like, I just don't feel anything. Even yeah. with the wife, I was, like, kind of, but, like, not really. It still feels like this is a an actor who was brought in for one day, and Chris Pine doesn't really have the chemistry with this day player actor, you know? Like, because sure. practically yeah. that's what it was, you know? This is not yeah. someone he's spending a lot of time with. And same with the daughter, no connection, no connection with Michelle Rodriguez. Those are like the things that are supposed to ground a character, and he's not grounded. So yeah, that's a big issue. Um, how do I connect to that other thing? Um, I will say about the same scene though. My what I thought you were gonna say was after they've escaped, then the guy is like, "Oh, that was weird." I was gonna let you out anyways. Like just kind of like a really mm. poorly executed button, which is like like obviously that's what the joke is is that they escaped and they didn't need to. But like, I don't know. I think it's one of those like, you guys understand? Do you get it? Do you get it? Kind of like mm. you have to make oh, it too feel, obvious. I didn't feel that one as bad. Yeah, I didn't. I don't know. Think I was that bad. I will. Okay, I'll say the thing that I remembered though. Now that I I have it. So we were talking about how there's those flashbacks and why the wife died. This kind of is like the thing we were talking about with Creed 3, with incomplete flashbacks. Like, we see that he's going to do it, and then we have to reveal later that, of course, he stole the thing. And I I don't know if my problem is that he that it's an incomplete flashback and we have to find out later that he stole from the Red Wizards, and is, that's why... Maybe that's my issue, but I think a a larger, more systemic issue of this movie is that Chris Pine's character has no flaws as far as I can tell. So not only does he have no connection with his family, he's not like a flawed character. He's other than he's just kind of like dumb and not really good at what he thinks he's good at doing. So I I think what would be more interesting is if he has like, a flaw where he keeps doing something he shouldn't be doing and that has consequences later. And that there isn't that. What it should be based on this flashback is he's a guy who's greedy and he steals things. That seems to be what they're setting up. But then he doesn't steal anything other than like 
the righteous things, right? Mm-hmm. But like this flashback is telling me that he he couldn't be the morally upstanding guy because he was greedy. He wanted that gold or whatever, right? Yeah. And I don't think that's anywhere else in the movie. There's no, like, he's never pick, pickpocketing things. And that sort of thing is like, would drive conflict, right? If he steals from the wrong person and then suddenly you've got a new enemy and then, you know, like, I think also character flaws make characters more, um, uh, what's the word? Like, you you empathize with characters who have flaws because sure. they're real yeah. now. Right and Chris Pine, I, I didn't find him to have flaws. What do you, do you guys feel the same? Yo, that is a hard disagree for me. So, first of all, I have no problem with a flashback because it makes sense in the moment. He's recounting his story to the to to the judges. Of course, he's gonna cut out parts that didn't make sense to be included. And I think the reveal towards the end only makes the whole thing more emotional because this truth has not been revealed to his friends before, even though they've been traveling for a long time. And it's sort of like a a real moment where he had to face his past to to tell them the truth that this is actually what happened to sort of uh, reconcile with that period in his life as well. So no problem with the flashback there. I think that was done well. And then the other part, which you're, you're talking about, is Chris Pine has no flaws. I disagree with that as well. So I think Chris Pine's character is like a foil to Forge, which is um, uh, Hugh Grant's character. Hugh Grant's character has no morals. He is just all about, hey, I want money. I don't care how we get it done, but we're getting money. We're getting wealth. We're stealing from this people, stealing with that people. I don't care who my friends are. I just want money. But Chris Pine, on the other hand, he at, at first he starts with you know stealing stealing for money right like he, like it was later revealed that like um he of course he stole that gold bar which caused his downfall in the first place but then like at first we're convinced that after his wife died he sort of joined the more like outlaw misfit type of life he started stealing from people but then we see this real change from him as he meets Richard john page that initially he was not convinced that he will actually let the wealth go but then eventually he you know as both like a big middle finger to Hugh Grant and also to his own personal change, he is willing to let the wealth go and give it to the people, you know? So I think both of them, I hard disagree. I think it was done very well. That is a flaw that is, the flaw that you're describing is introduced solely in a flashback in the exposition dump of what happened to land him in jail from Anything that happens in the present, Chris Pine is not having a problem with being greedy or having any character flaws of any kind, other than yeah. not giving a shit. Frankly, that's his only character flaw, is that he doesn't give a shit about anyone. And that could be a thing, except it actively like makes me care less about him because he actually like he really doesn't care about anyone. About and he doesn't learn to. In the end, he still doesn't give a shit about Holga. Doesn't give a shit about his daughter, really. Like, there's no chemistry there. And the greed that you described is, like I said, in the flashback, when we meet him in the present, he's not stealing for money. He is fully committed to get his daughter back. He's trying to prove himself, even though he's not a bad dad, really. Like, there's no flaws to be corrected. And the correction you said, sure, that could be the correction for a character if they had the flaws. But that he doesn't. He doesn't 
steal things every time. Like what? Think about this. What if it was like, kind of like Indiana Jones, and any time he was near gold or whatever. This isn't what Indiana Jones is like, but like right. like any time he's near gold, he picks something up and it sets off a chain reaction, Rube Goldberg machine, and suddenly the drag the fat dragon appears, right? Because he was too greedy and he took something he shouldn't have. That is a flaw that causes conflict and consequences, right? That isn't there. My my counterpoint to you. What what about Han Solo? I think he's very him? much like a Han Solo esque character, where where he's like, you know, like we learn all these deeds that he's done in the past that sort of render him as an outlaw, a scoundrel type of person. But then he's never done much wrong in the present. And One of the first things we see of him is that he shoots someone in a bar. Well, that's he shoots not first the, in the and, original like, version. Pro- in the original version, yeah, he does shoot someone in he, a bar. But, but he like, shoots. I think my point is though. It's like we're in situation like he talks about it, right? He talks about, oh, I'm going to steal it as well. I'm t- I'm t- but he never acts on it. I think it's the exact same situation as Hanzo. Hanzo talks about leaving, talks about not giving a shit. He eventually, but he does leave. Like he still cares. But he does leave. Leia? And then he, no, he leaves and then he has to come character. back. Yeah, he ditches yeah. them. He leaves. No, I, I disagree. I disagree. Yeah. What? Okay. I, I, I think, <laughs> Fine, I think but... the stuff that happened in the past is enough and also present there's enough circumstance to explain why he doesn't steal currently so no, I, I actually disagree i don't think there's enough carryover i i think that han solo we get that backstory of him and we see that manifest itself in present day where he runs away he's someone who runs away from the problem he doesn't give a shit he's out for himself and he has to overcome that in the movie also but that they- doesn't happen in this movie for Han Solo, if we're still talking about Han Solo, they have to yeah. pay him to get them to the Death yes. Star. Yeah. And then, like, everything, like, while well, he's he's stuck in the Death Star, what else is he going to do? And he has to learn to be a hero. He doesn't want yeah. to. He's constantly like, let's take the easy road. That's, That's a good the character. Same thing with Chris Pine. You think he no. wants no, to be a hero? He was very much like, hey, let's take the money. We are here for the money in the vault. And if we can save my daughter at the same time, perfect. And then no, you know, he's, like no. from day one, he's always going for like saving his daughter, which is like the honorable thing. And he's whatever. It's it's just yeah. The gold is always like the gold is always a secondary thing. And yeah, it doesn't. No, I I agree with you. I don't think it's focused. I don't think it works. Well, let's talk about something else because we this, we're getting into territory of uh, loop loop de loop time loop. Yeah. Um. Let me think. What could we talk about that we haven't talked about yet? Um, my favorite part is uh, before the movie. We're finally so, coming back to it. <laughs> why not? I'm just going top down now. My favorite sure. part was when the um, the char- the actors are doing their like, thank you for seeing this movie in the theaters. And I like, I, can Dude, we stop so doing this? That. Can we stop doing this? <laughs> like, I hate it. It's so dumb. But what I liked about it is that, you know, your main characters are trying to give this impassioned speech that they're reading off of a monitor. Meanwhile, Hugh Grant is on this side and <laughs> he wants to kill himself. <laughs> Which is so yeah. funny to me. He's regretting every decision he's ever made, just, like, staring at the floor. Like, that's <laughs> so funny. No life. Yeah. And then he read the last line, and he, and he, like, wakes up. Like, like someone, like, poked him, like, 
you you wake up it's your line <laughs> he's like oh right and then he's like yeah like thanks guys uh play the movie i also yeah also in the same thing to the to the left of the frame i don't remember who it is there are two people that are like trying not to laugh about something like they think like <laughs> <laughs> like they clearly think that like it's kind of dumb what they're doing and they're just like they're like smirking a little bit it's pretty funny it's it's justice smith who's the wizard and probably yeah, yeah. doric i think yeah. it's those two yeah, they're both like like suppressing like little grids a little bit, which is funny. Yeah. Okay, we're back from a break. <laughs> we don't remember where we left off, so we're just gonna jump in cold. Um, yeah. The movie starts off uh, with an exposition dump, and I uh, it's a lot. So basically, Chris Pine is talking to the corrections people at the prison, and is going through like his whole backstory. I. For me, I, I we kind of talked about this off mic, but for me, I found it to be a lot to reveal in a flashback with narration instead of... Like, there's two different types of flashbacks. There's the kind where you're in it, and there's the kind where we are glossing over events with someone narrating. And I find the latter is less affecting, and it's more like... It's more exposition-y, whereas the other one is, if you're, if you're in it and you're watching events play out in real time, that's when you get, like, emotional connections. And I think sure. at a, such a key part of the movie, where we need to meet these characters and like these characters, and establish those relationships, which are the wife, who's about to die very quickly, the young child, you can still have a, a connection to a child, who is a, a baby, and and the the kid grows up as well. This is like ten plus years is in this flashback, and I I think there's there's too much to get through, and not enough emotional connection. So it starts it off on a bad foot for me. Um, now I know you guys maybe had different opinions, but let's hear. I my problem. I don't think it's too much to get through. I think it's fine to give that much information and find overbearing. But I do agree about the emotional connection thing. And I think that kind of speaks to the, like, the tonal shift I was talking about earlier, too, in that scene, which is weird. Where it's like, yeah, I'd, I don't feel connected to what's happening because we are just kind of glazing over it. But I don't, yeah, th so that's my problem is that I don't feel connected to it. I don't feel like it's too much information to give in that segment, though. I wonder if they had even just, like, picked, like, if they had made it one scene somehow, you know, instead of five or six or more sure. like there were so many like and then this happened like then the wife died and you know like there's just there's a lot to get through and if they had if they were able to make it a little more concise and then live that one particular moment i think that would do so much for it um uh anyways peter has a point for um things basically we were talking about how the graveyard scene which I, I found mildly amusing, the fact that they have a, a five-limit question. Five, yeah, it was fun. Right? Five question, a five-question yes. limit for each five limit corpse. Question. A five-limit question. You can answer this about this Do limit. Math. It's calculus. <laughs> Do the math. Um, yeah. I love the one who's like, they're like, what's two plus two? And he goes, I don't know math. Dies. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's, the, it's the answer you didn't expect, but he dies anyways. I found that really funny. Um, yeah. But the first conversation they have with the corpse 
is fully revealed in a trailer. And I found that not that funny the second go around. Peter? Yeah. I agree. I think um, I think it's really great that uh, Ada and I were talking about it during the break to show things out of context. Because when you're in the movie, you still get a different experience with context. But like for these scenes, I think it just ruins the, the, the comedic, uh, the, like the entire scene. It's just not as funny the second go around, like Alex said. But it didn't ruin like the the conversation that happened after with the other corpses. But it's just like when you see that scene happening, and it's the exact same in the trailer. You're like, okay, I know exactly what's going to happen next. You know, I like it when yeah. movies surprise me. Yeah. Um, and also, I don't know if you guys stayed till the very end, but there was actually a post credit yeah. scene of the uh, the guy that is still alive because he didn't finish the five questions. <laughs> that was not funny. It was it was kind of like those like yeah of course of course that's what the po- it's the it's the guy we forgot about that's a classic yeah. mid credit scene gag where it's like oh remember yeah, this yeah. guy that everybody forgot about well he's still doing nothing and I'm like yeah I bet he is I bet he is doing nothing and it's not funny because he's not doing anything that was different different uh, post credit scenes for different folks I suppose but um. There is one thing that they didn't put in the trailer, though, that I found very funny. And it is a person. A small person. Bradley Cooper plays a halfling, and he is half the size of... Did he still Bradley Cooper, like, proportionally? But he's, like, half the size of every... He's, like, the size of their yeah. knees. And he's yeah. uh, Holga's ex-husband or something. So funny to me. <laughs> I just like Bradley Cooper. So what was funny about that to me was that because of he's so small, we're never that close to him in the shot. So I was like, like squinting, like, is that Bradley Cooper? <laughs> like, is that a guy, or is that just a guy that looks like him? <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. I think the other funny thing was you mentioned this, and I, I was thinking about it. Is like. I was already thinking like, oh man, this is just Guardians of the Galaxy, but worse. And then you have Bradley Cooper playing a smaller character. I was like, hey, you're, you're basically doing the same thing. Uh, but not, no, it was nice seeing him. Last fun thing I had was the end credit, the, the credits start playing and they had, they got Tame Impala to make a song for them. Oh, did I they? I didn't even recognize it. I didn't, I didn't was, save for the end credit. But did you I guys know that them... Tame Impala is actually one guy? Yeah, I did. And he's Australian. He's <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. No, I know. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> no, but I was like, like I clocked it immediately. I was, oh, that's Tame Impala. Okay. Right. Interesting choice. I, Doesn't fit I at all. That. That's funny. That's, that is very and... funny. You would think that. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, anything else we want to talk about this movie? No, so many Peter, or, and you know what time it is. So, okay, the podcast is called Predator vs. Movies. We've done the movie part. Now it's time to get into the Predator. So this is the part where we, uh... What do we do? (laughs) Where we ask the question... (laughs) He forgot! This is the part part where we ask the question, would the Predator from the movie Predator make this movie better were he to appear in it? What do you guys oh, think? Oh, oh, you don't. You tell me. Okay. Yeah. Um, maybe. I think I think there's room. I, maybe. Yeah. Like, like my issue is like, 
there's not like a through line. And I think if there was like a guy hunting them the whole time, that might sure. do something for it. Yeah. And I think they would be like all practical and stuff, like practical effects, and that'd be pretty fun. Yeah, I'd say go for it. Throw them in there. Yeah, I sure. Maybe he's one of the team. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he's. He, maybe he, he has honor among his uh, thief. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's funny, like like that's the subtitle, by the way, like our. Thieves and like they're not like really thieves, like because they don't really steal a lot. Like they're just stealing like the one, like it's the yeah. one big heist. They're not like career thievists. Thieves. They might they have were, referred to yeah. it during the flashback, like no honor among thieves or something. Like at the very beginning, I remember them mentioning it. So. Yeah, there it's is. A, I distinctly like, remember a scene where it's like we gotta go through all these dungeons and dragons, but we have honor <laughs> among thieves. <laughs> like, I love that line. Classic line. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, but like, you know, if if it's called Honor Among Thieves, you should be a little more thievy. And then when someone's acting bad thiefy, Hon you say, hey, there's no honor among thieves. Uh, and then that's juxtaposed. The thievy is juxtaposed with the honor. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Fred yeah. up there. <laughs> anyway. What did you guys Fred watch? <laughs> We've been watching. Alex, we'll start with you. Peter, what did you watch? What did you watch? Whoa. What did what I watch? Okay. Each other? Uh, I actually, last night, I was uh, on YouTube, and I saw a Mean Girls clip. I was like, hey, I haven't seen that movie. So uh, I ended up watching Mean Girls <laughs> last night. That's gross. I it was okay. What did you it's very, think? It's very what? mid, to be honest. Uh, like, I've I actually never seen it either. I get it's very iconic, you know, yeah. like the Jingle Bell Rock and everything. Uh, but I honestly thought the musical that Alex and I have seen in New York was a lot better compared to the movie. Like, like I feel like Lindsay Lohan... Dude, I feel like Lindsay Lohan is just not very into it, like, during the movie. She's so monotone, like, half the time. <laughs> wow. I'm a, no, man, I'm a, I'm a Mean Girls supporter. Mean Girls is great. Okay. It's and okay, endlessly which, quotable. Hmm? Sure, but like movies versus uh, the play, which one do you like more? Um, I like the play more. Personally. I don't know. I think that's what you've seen first. So like you kind of yeah, like, yeah. like you have the reverse, yeah. like source material bias. So I don't know. I probably like the movie better. I don't know. I think like I think the musical was fun, and I I tend to like musicals, but I don't know. I I do think that like the movie is the progenitor, and like the jokes are like good better because like film comedy is better. Yeah, well, that might that's just me. Why? Because like I didn't laugh that much during the movie. I was just like small chuckles, but like during the play, I was like, actively laughing. So mm. I don't know. Maybe that's why. Like, jokes don't feel fresh anymore, because they're very similar. Well, they're very similar because they're just copying yeah, the same jokes. The same jokes. <laughs> yes, I, I think it's written by Dude, the same person you. as well. Tina Fey wrote both. Yeah. So, oh, really? Yeah. 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 What else have you watched, Peter? That's everything, man. Hell yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Aiden, we'll what have on. you been watching? Uh, so I've been... I've been continuing to... I'll save those for last, then. So, I, yep. I've been continuing to watch The Wire. Uh, very good show. Very, very, very good show. I finished the first season. Uh, great end to it. 
um, it, this show is really, really good at operating in gray areas and like moral gray areas and stuff like that. It's really good at making you like feel for a character in one way, but then like think they're awful in another. And it's a really good job. Does a really good job of balancing things. There's a really great moment. I love the character of D'Angelo, D'Angelo Barksdale a lot. And he has a really, really great moment where something he's referencing a story he told earlier in the season. And I like, I just don't want to give it away, but it's, it's a really great moment. Um, and yeah, no, it, it ends really well. I've gone on to season two, which, uh, so far has been great as well. It, like holding on to like some of the same characters from before while also moving on to something new and not feeling cheap. Like, cause the premise of the first show is that this team is assembled and they need to get a wire going in order to take down this drug operation. And so it's like, you could do the second season in a really cheap way where it's like, there's a new crime and they need to get a, they need to assemble <laughs> the team wire. again and then get another wire. <laughs> but no, it's like, they're very organically kind of putting everything in place. And I think that's, that's really, really good. I, I, I really appreciate really that. Um, so yeah, I've really liked that so far. I would recommend the wire to anyone. I've also been continuing my David Lynch slash Steven Spielberg watch through, although I have not stayed up to date. I have not watched any Lynch films in a little while, but I did watch, uh, both artificial AI, artificial intelligence and close encounters of the third kind, uh, for the first time. Um, start with AI. This is a movie that I've heard kind of like mixed things about. Um, but I thought this was an incredible movie. I think some of my only complaints are just that I think towards the end, some things that are, are explained a little too much where it's, I think that through superb directing, there is things that are made very clear just visually that then are kind of said out loud. And it's like, okay, I don't know about that. Um, but yeah, it's it's. I think it was a great movie. It's it's very well directed. Uh, that Spielberg guy knows what he's doing. Yeah, um, there's some great shots earlier that like. Uh, I don't want to spoil it, but like some shots that like foreshadow really well, just with very simple visual language, uh, like what's to come. Um, there's like, there's one shot where basically the boy who is an artificial intelligence robot is looking for. Uh, uh, the blue fairy, like, from Pinocchio to make him a real boy. Like, that's, like, a big part of the plot of the movie. And there's one particular shot where it's through a window and it's the face of the blue fairy superimposed onto the boy. And it's such oh, a... It's such awesome. a... It's, it's, like, incredible. And, like, the amount of meaning that it delivers just in a little thing. I don't want to give away too much, but I think that it's a great movie. Um... I, I don't understand why this would be... Well, I kind of do understand why it would be somewhat maligned, but I, I really liked it. Uh, and then I also watched Close Encounters of the Third Kind. This is another movie that I also really, really loved. This was really great. Um, this was... Uh, I was talking to Alex about how I really love how in the end, like, for the last, like, 20 minutes or so, we just take a break from the story, more or less. Like, the story's done, and we're just, like... It's just this prolonged alien contact sequence. Um, and I, I think it's great, though. Like, the... The, like, wonder of Discovery and, like, I, I think you can definitely see the film, especially having seen The Fablemans as kind of, like, an, an allegory for his process of becoming a filmmaker where in order to go out into the great beyond Discovery, he had to leave everyone behind and he's this thing that he's obsessed with and no one else seems to get and he has to do it and it breaks his family apart. Like, it's great. There's There are some so many great moments that, like a, a lot of like wonder, but also like really just well, 
well-made sequences just from the family. Like, some of the most impressive parts of this movie to me are just the... It's when um, they're in the bath. He's in the bathroom. He starts out, and he's in the shower, and he's, like... And his wife comes and talks to him, and there's a great moment where they're, like, banging the door open and closed, uh, and it's just, like... Just a great blocking thing. And then there's a shot where they run out into the bedroom and he tries to jump over the bed to get to her and he falls short of the door as he closes it. Just, just like, amazing staging. I thought this was a great movie. Uh, and then, so, the other two movies I did watch, uh, I saw with Alex. There's a local theater putting on a double feature of Scott Pilgrim vs. The World and, and This Is Spinal Tap. Uh, and so I saw both those movies with Alex. Um, my personal thoughts... Uh, Alex and I kind of agreed that there was an intermission in both movies and we kind of both agreed that for Scott Pilgrim, the first half we were like, yeah, hell yeah. And then like in the second half, it kind of goes like, okay, let's get there. Like there's kind of a problem (laughs) where like, we know what is going to happen. Like pretty, pretty, like he has to fight all of the exes and it's like, okay, how many are left? Okay. There's three left. So he has to fight. Let's get there. Let's get there. Come on. Um, but it's still a very fun, very very smooth, very stylishly directed and edited movie. Good times. Uh, then I also watched uh, Spinal Tap, and Spinal Tap was also... I thought it was also quite funny in a lot of ways, but then there were some parts where I... To, to me, it was like just things were going on too long for certain parts, but um, I, I thought it was quite funny. It's the same people that did like Best in Show, and I personally prefer Best in Show, but I thought it was really funny as well. Yeah, so I'll I'll also comment on those last two. Scott Pilgrim, very, very, very strong first half. Like, maybe five for first half, and then just, like, sharp downturn for a second half that's like, okay, I, yeah, like what Aiden said, like, I get the point. You kind of get, like, like, he fights two evil exes, and you're like, oh, this is what the rest of the movie is. <laughs> like, he's just going to yeah. keep fighting people and they like each fight is very visually distinct and different and they like i applaud them for making them different because it would have been way more boring if they weren't but even then like when we got to the twins i was like okay sure and the twins don't even have a character they're just across an arena basically (laughs) and looking angry like that's as much i was like okay seriously you're not even gonna try on this one and then I was, I was yeah, so but it's, tired. Those are the ones that's like, we have to get those out of the way before we, yeah. Yeah. Like when we get to Jason Schwartzman, I was like, okay, like I'm so tired of this. It's, it, this movie is just kind of like, it's been one note for a long time. But again, first half is super strong. All the characters are so good. Like Scott Pilgrim is a, a dick and I, I love him for it. Um, I love the band. Like, Kim and I don't know what the lead guitar guy is really funny and young Neil and Knives is really funny and your yeah, Culkin yeah. is really funny like everyone is doing so good in this movie um and like Edgar Wright is just like killing the direction like he's just having so much fun with camera yeah. stuff I like when Knives first hears them play and it's the band playing and then he zooms out and it's like the living room has extended yeah. i was like yeah. this is awesome yeah uh great movie i also i've, and then, I've seen this a million times before but the gag of when scott jumps out the window is so fucking oh, yeah. funny even every though time I've, even, every even though i've time. seen that a million times that is still so funny yeah, God, no, I, <laughs> yeah no i love it 
Also, like, like I love the line when he's reading the email that's describing the challenge, <laughs> like the evil exes are going to, and like we're reading it and we understand, like, oh, he's he's in trouble, and he's just like, this is so boring. <laughs> he totally <laughs> the email. <laughs> that's so funny. Uh, uh, anyways, I could talk about that movie all day, but uh, this is, casting, is also fun. Dude, yeah, I just want to want, want call my other casting. Casting is elite. Everyone fits yeah. their character so well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? That is true. Okay, so this is Final <laughs> Tap. Um, it's, it's kind of hard to follow Scott Pilgrim just based on like, when these movies came out. Sensibilities are very different. Scott Pilgrim is very high energy and like like lots of jokes in rapid succession. Yeah. And uh, this is Final Tap is like much quieter and subtler comedy. Now that didn't stop us from like like we found a lot of the jokes really funny. Like when the guy is stuck yeah. in the cocoon, <laughs> or like when they're like lost trying to find the stage and they find the same guy. <laughs> like oh, we've gone in circles. Like we were laughing really hard. But also um, the the stone the Stonehenge thing is hilarious. Stonehenge. Like that is, oh that is so funny. When this when the thing and, is lowered down, that's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 like. The the turn it up to eleven scene. I've seen that before. I've seen that entire yeah. clip on YouTube. Still yeah. funny. Like yeah. that's what that's a mark of a good movie is if you've seen the clip before and you're still laughing any other time yeah. you see it. Um but yeah, like I, I just think it was hard to follow Scott Pilgrim. It also kind of like got into like a predictable rut by the second half, I think, as well. Like when it was like, Oh, the band is falling apart and we're fighting with the manager and Oh, the two lead band members aren't friends anymore. Uh, this might have been the first movie where they did that, but it's far from the last. So I've just unfortunately seen that a million times since this movie has come out. And going back yeah. to the what could be the original or one of the first, it's like, this is just something I've seen before. You know, so that that kind of like overarching narrative wasn't really as interesting for me, but... Um, yeah, it was still like a great time and I, I, I would watch that one again. Uh, other things I saw, uh, Succession had a great new episode, like really earth shattering consequences. Go watch Succession. Great show. I've been watching Beef. I forgot to mention this last week. That's the A24 television series on Netflix with, uh, Steven Yun. 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 It's Steve, it's Steven Yun. I'm pretty sure. Yun. I don't know. And, uh, I think it's Ali Wong. So, like, I'm having a great time. It's not perfect. I, there's, like, things that I'm like, eh, I'm, I'm not sure about that. But, like, the characters are really well realized. And I just like this idea, like, these are characters who are who have very different, like, lives. One is super rich and one is really struggling. But both of them just have, like, so much rage inside of them. And they found, like, this outlet in, like, pulling what are essentially pranks, but, like, they're, like, not, like they're kind of malicious pranks like like constantly getting back at one another like that's their outlet for their anger and it's it's so good and i love how every episode ends with a needle drop and the first one like like i was like oh my god what a great song i i I shouldn't say what it is but um like just watch that first episode when the needle drop happens i was like chills like this is a great moment um I watched a couple movies. I'll try to be quick about this. I watched Texas, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Fucking scared me. Uh, it's it's uh, very low budget and 
kind of not a lot is happening in that movie, but uh, I can see why it got so famous. Uh, Watch Jennifer's Body. Loved that movie. That was an amazing. I really, really liked it. Um, it's just like a really interesting, like, feminist movie that's like black comedy and horror and possession and like just crazy shit. I loved it. Um, and I watched Juno. I didn't like Juno very much at all. It yeah, was surprised. I was. Um, people you just can't get nothing like, Michael Sarah. There's no Michael Sarah in that movie. He's barely in it. Oh really? Yeah, and he's on the poster, so I thought he was the main character, but it's, like, about everybody else. He's, like, the sixth lead or something. I don't know. But, um, yeah, even, even like, not just that, I was like, oh, this is just kind of, like, whatever. Yeah, I think it's, like, Peter's reaction to Mean Girls was my reaction to Juno. Like, oh, that's I'm it? I'm very surprised you didn't like Juno, because I thought Juno was a really good movie. Like, um, so it was... Uh... Who's the Whiplash guy again? J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons. Uh, like, it's really, like, like it's, it's a very heartwarming movie, I think. Like, it's probably one of the reasons why I like Juno so much. It's like, it's this very real situation where people are going through. And you see how the characters, their struggles, what they're going through. And it's just a very lovely story when it all comes together. Like, what, what was, why didn't you like about the movie? I don't know. I was just kind of, like, bored. <laughs> I was, like, like nothing, like, stood out to me. It wasn't, like, oh, that's great cinematography or, like, oh, that's great direction. The story is just kind of, like, whatever. I don't know. Like, I just never really, like, connect, it never grabbed me, you know? There, it was missing that wow factor. It was just, like, okay, that was, like, an adequate teen movie about a pregnancy. I was, like, okay, sure. That's that's just it. There just wasn't, you know, like there there wasn't the Ladybird factor. There wasn't the Mean Girls factor. The Jennifer's Body factor. Like all these movies, like make me like feel something, joy, whatever, you know. But like this one didn't. That's that's all. Anyways, we gotta wrap up. Um, next week we're gonna probably do uh, be doing Bo's Afraid, the new Ari Aster film. Uh, I'm very excited for this. I've heard mixed reactions. Some people I've are saying it's the worst thing ever. <laughs> and that, like it's career suicide for Ari Aster yeah. and that There's he needs no to way, apologize. Yeah. And that makes me more excited. Like, I'm like, this is gonna be great. Yeah. So yeah. I'm very excited for that. Uh, if you like us, check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Predator V Movies. If you like my opinions on films, check me out at underscore Alex Gordon underscore. Uh, make reviews. Uh, I I also have a letterbox that's 810sunny, that's 810-S-O-N-N-Y. My name is Wombo. Uh, I also leave reviews sometimes. Peter, do you have anything to plug? No, I don't think so. Well, that's oh, crazy. You know what that means. Peter didn't plug anything, which means that you are contractually obligated to leave a review. So review our podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. Tell us what you think. It helps us. It gets more people to listen to us. Leave a leave a star rating. Give a like if you're on YouTube. Leave a comment. Literally any form of engagement. Just fucking talk to us. Uh, and we'll love you forever. Thanks. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, 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 I'm Alex. Outro, outro, outro. I'm Peter. I'm Aiden. And this was Predator vs. Movies. Uh, until next week. How do I stop recording? I don't know.